This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander. This is Chops. Craig WK. And the glitch. It's a full house. Full stack. You know why it's a hot pastrami sandwich of beautiful voices. Mm. Do you want to know why I have you all here to talk about this game? Is this an intervention? Because it's dangerous to go alone. It is dangerous to go alone. Xander raises a very valid point. It is very dangerous to go alone. And today we're talking about the Legend of Zelda. (laughs) Here, Craig, take this. (laughs) The instruction manual. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Glitch. Uh, Released on the Nintendo Entertainment System in July of 1987, this action-adventure game tells the epic of Link, a hero tasked with gathering the eight pieces of the shattered Triforce of Wisdom as he seeks to reassemble the artifact and defeat the Prince of Darkness, Ganon, and rescue Princess Zelda. Scary. Scary indeed. Mm -hmm. I was was two years old when this came out. Mm, I was, um, wait, wait, what what was the exact date? Oh, uh, uh, it was released in July. There was no set street date. So who knows if I was alive yet? It's possible. Well, I was alive, but born yet, I guess. Right. As my birthday is in July, late July. Wow. Yep. I was less than a year old. Wow. But the uh, it originally came out on the Famicom disc add-on in Japan yeah. in February 21st of 1986. Yes. So I would have been seven months old. <laughs> Wait, I was not alive seven, yet. I would have been Who knows? an embryo, like I think. I don't want to talk about <laughs> you <laughs> as an embryo <laughs> anymore. Life were you in? We're done Chops with this. Are we talking about the game Evo? Is that what we're talking about right now? Yes. Oh my God! Can we? No, uh, we're talking about Legend of Zelda, and uh, it's. I mean. Honestly, uh, this is kind of a uh, an intimidating episode to do because, like, what can we say that like people don't already know? It's the Legend of Zelda. It's probably one of the most well known game series out there, next to Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree to that. Yeah, and and this is one of the most like influential games of all time. Uh, I, it, it's you know, there's just it, it. There's so much to it, but you know, it's. It's what already everyone knows. Yeah, know? I mean, not many games had this open world type of style in games. Yeah, at the time it was primarily platformers kind of held it. Yeah. And this action adventure game where you like collect items, you level up your character, you can save. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, that was the first home console title to have the save card in it. Yeah. So. 
it, yeah, it's crazy, and uh, I it, it's interesting because like you know it's it's a it's very unlike not even just for it being open world, uh, but it's very unlike other games because like you know in a lot of other games you just start and you just have your weapons and you go about your business, but in Legend of Zelda, if you don't go into that first cave and get the sword. You don't have a sword. <laughs> you just don't. Like if you wander to the like the path to the right instead of like going to that cave, you're just like ah, caves are scary. I want to go somewhere else. You don't have a weapon. Yeah, the shield. That's crazy. They did that intentionally because yeah, most games start you start with a weapon or something, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then in this one they just wanted you to. It's kind of like, and uh, I, I read an interview. Me and Will was talking about how Animal Crossings is about talking to people, going and talking yeah. to everyone. It's about communication. And he wanted that to be like a, you're not on your own. You have to go and find people and find people to help you. So that was the reason why they started you with nothing. Is he wanted you yeah. to have that interaction with, with the people, the environment of the game. So, Xander, you uh, more recently played through this than the rest of us. Uh, you've gone through twice recently because there's the second quest. Uh, let's chat about the gameplay. So uh, uh, if you can give us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I played this right before Breath of the Wild came out because I'm like, I'm just going to get myself refamiliarized. Uh-huh. And I played through on the 3DS uh, eShop version, uh, played through the both store or rather both games, so there's game one, game two, or yeah. whatever they call it. I don't, I don't recall. Quest one, um, quest two, quest one, quest two. Yeah, yeah there we go. Where you. quest two, everything, uh, the difficulties ramped up a little bit. The enemies are a lot stronger, and uh, everything's out of order. <laughs> I, I've never done quest two, and I think that's why because I kind of know quest one decently enough, but I feel like if I get thrown into quest two, I'm just gonna have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, the the dark nuts are what's what killed me. Like that was the worst thing to come across. If you can explain to the listener what a dark nut is, I don't because that to. sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> when you put a donut in a fryer and you leave it in there. No, too a dark nut is a. It uh, it's like a centaur type uh, character. It's like a uh, like a knight. Is it the centaur? Dude? No, that's I a thought, Lionel. Yeah, that's the Lionel, Lionel right. right? Dark nuts are like knight nuts. Dark nuts were the, the knight guys. Yeah, the knights. Yeah, oh, yeah they yeah, got yeah. a sword and a shield. Sorry, I'm just traumatized by everything that looked menacing in that game. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the lionels were, were rough, and then the dark nuts were there's, also annoying because they they blocked any attack that was coming in front of them. So you had to time where you were like stabbing them in the side or stabbing them in the back. So yeah, That's you actually it's based on the direction of link too, uh, where you how you hit them and yeah. how they block things as well. Yeah. So to to jump back and and give a basic, you you have a an overhead view of the world. Yeah. And it's uh you know you can go pretty much wherever you want, up down left right, and every screen is is a different part of the map. Uh, you get a ton of different weapons, um, the boomerang, the sword, uh, a lamp to throw fire and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're basically going through trying to find these dungeons where you go in and explore, get more items, fight a boss, get a piece of the Triforce, and move on to the next. Yeah. I uh, And there's tons of items in the game. Yes. Like, there's a ridiculous Ooh. amount of items. What's your favorite item from the game? Easily the ladder, the best one. Oh, duh! Okay. The ladder is extremely helpful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. Xander, uh, I like the boomerang. Okay, glitch. The magical key. It lets you into everything. Oh, the magic key is pretty sweet. I like the magic wand. The uh, was it? This is the blue one with the blue waves that just shoots out. So what I'm thinking of, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a wand in the yeah, game. Yeah, I like the wand, and I like the rings because I thought they were cool. You know what? I take mine back. I don't think it's actually the ladder. It's <laughs> got to be the raft. 
Absolutely oh, the raft. Oh, also man. good. I will say, though. I thought you were going to say the recorder. I did. I was kind of excited when I got the raft when I was younger because it was just like, wait, you mean all those stupid dock things that I had no idea what they're for? They're a raft and they take me places? That's crazy. Yeah, I, I did kind of enjoy the raft when I was a kid. Um, after playing through uh, Quest 2, I like the armor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, oh, yeah. and the bracelets, those are good. Uh, yeah, that's right, because you get a, magic, it, the magic ring boosts your yeah, defense. It's, it's, I always, I, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, they look like bracelets. Oh, but that okay. might have also just been uh, from playing Link to the Past so much. And, you know, you actually get the, they're not rings in that, it's an actual bracelet. Oh, yeah, yeah, the armlets uh, and stuff. I always thought the bracelet looked like a croissant. You're it, not wrong. It, it does, looked tasty. It, it does look very good. I mean, the meat was a lot more tasty looking than uh, the croissant, though. I'm all about the food. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, the bait, the meat is actually kind of an interesting item because you just hawk it aside and you just run. <laughs> yes. and, and the enemies just pounce on it. Oh, man. But there's a lot of variety in the levels. You have yep. mountainous ones. You have, like, the bushes where it's, like, this, like, desert trees. There's the water. You're going around where there's the creepy Zor- Is it Zorans? Or Zora. Zoras. Uh, sorry, I couldn't remember how they, they worded them. Uh, Zora's, like, shooting fireballs at you. There's also the actual desert where the one guys pop out of the ground. Um, oh, what are those called? I can't uh, remember what they're called. Uh, I don't remember what the, uh, uh, the manual. Right here. Yeah, we got the manual right here. I know P-hats are the things that uh, fly around. They're the helicopter flies. Yeah, though, God, I hate those things. I don't even bother fighting them. I just run. Uh, I don't remember what the uh, the things that pop out of the ground are. Those are kind of obnoxious. But I like the Octrox. Those are the coolest. Octrox yeah. are cool, yeah. Uh, and Tektites, the spider things mm-hmm. that yeah. bounce around. I always thought it was funny the, the snakes were called ropes. Ropes and the batter called keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like that throughout the entire series. Of Legend of Zelda, they do keep the names. They do keep Moblins. Moblins are throughout it. Lionels are still part of the series. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the characters are still in the game. I mean, the Lionels weren't around since Link to the Past, I think. And then they brought them back for Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of uh, uh, kind of weird, you know, that they went so long without them. Uh, Xander, did you find uh, the uh, the weird things that pop yes. out of the desert? Uh, Leavers. Leavers. I knew they had a weird <laughs> name. Worst enemy, Wizrobes. Oh, no, wait. P-hats were way no, worse. Worse because they disappear and you can't fight them until they come back. Now, I hated the... I'm looking at it right there. It's the one that inca- like captures you and you got to shoot your... Oh, the like, like, like? Yeah, is that what it is? The yeah. like, like? You got to stab it your way your out shield. of it. Oh, I yeah, hated it that thing. It looks like a sandwich. Mm, yeah, sandwich. Oh, you know what, though? Honestly, I think... It, and, and I think you guys will agree. The worst enemy in the game by far has to be the wall masters. Oh, yes. Oh, oh they're so <laughs> creepy. The hands that come out and then they grab you yep. and the noise, they're like... And it like pulls you in and then it just takes start you to the start. level. Mm-hmm. Just takes yeah. you to the start. The worst. Yeah, absolutely the worst. But it's cool with this game that you can, like, based on your level of skill, so if you can keep all your hearts, your weapon... When you upgrade it, shoots lasers. Oh yeah, even Your the sword first sword shoots lasers. Even the first sword, right, shoots uh, energy yeah. beams. Yeah, does it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I the first I, one. I, I wasn't yeah. sure in Link to the Past, it uh, and on, it's only like when you get better swords. Oh, but uh, in the yeah. first one, it's uh, okay. uh, even the the wooden sword. So that Link is probably yeah. the most powerful Link he, in history. He's the OG he, Link. Yeah, he picks up like a wooden sword and shoots out energy beams from it. That's pretty sweet. And there's how many level upgrades for the weapons? Three? Three. Yeah, three there's you have the uh, wood sword, the magic sword, and... Uh, white sword? So, yeah, the, yeah, so the wood sword, the white sword, the magic sword. That's right. I... Uh, 
So uh, we talked a little bit about the enemies. Uh, there, there's kind of an interesting regional difference between one of the enemies in the uh, game. Uh, so there's an enemy in the instruction booklet, and Xander has it there, and it's called Pole's Voice. Yeah. Uh, Xander, uh, do you have it right there in front of you? Uh, I'm on the enemy section. I'm trying to find... It's called Pole's Voice. Yeah. It's this weird like, little yeah, bunny, bunny things. things. Yep. Like bunny head. A ghost with big ears and a weak point. He hates loud noise. He hates loud noise. When you played the recorder or the whistle or whatever it was, it didn't hurt them in America, which is strange. The reason that description is in there is it's a holdover from the Japanese version where the second controller of the Famicom had a microphone. You could yell into it and it would hurt them and they would die. Oh, oh that's cool. Oh, really? Yeah, they got that. rid of that, of course, in America. They didn't have that. So... When they translated the instruction manual, though, they just slapped it in. They just translated it over. They didn't care. And so, like, all these kids are trying to play and figure out how loud noises hurt the thing, and it doesn't. So, the second controller had a microphone in it, so could yep. you have two controllers with two microphones, or no? No, was you the only... second controller was unique to the second port. To the, to the best of my knowledge, the second controller was a unique thing. I don't think you can have two controllers with a uh, 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 microphone. In fact, oh. I think the second controller might have been missing, like select or start or something it might have been missing another button i don't remember for sure uh, but uh but yeah the the second controller had a microphone and that's why pull's voice in the instruction manual uh is very misleading uh but uh, uh i did want to chat a little bit about the uh history of the game uh so the uh, this is a name we've brought up before, but I don't think we've ever done a lot of talking about him. Shigeru Miyamoto, mm-hmm. uh, you brought him up earlier. Glitch. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is the father of Mario, Legend of Zelda. He's the guy who made Star Fox. He's made a ton of uh, Pikmin series, tons of game series, and I. Uh, uh, Miyamoto uh, was inspired as a child uh, because he had explored the countryside of Kyoto. Uh, he wandered through fields, forests, caverns, uh, and uh, when he was a kid, uh, he even has like va- like vague memories of being lost in his home with all the sliding doors. You know, and so that inspired him to like create the labyrinths in uh, like for the dungeons with tons of different doors and stuff that Mio moved around and everything. So like Miyamoto's childhood greatly impacted his ideas for Legend of Zelda because he really wanted to kind of recreate that like sort of like, you know, sort of childlike wonder of wandering around the world and being able to explore. Interesting. Mm hmm. It's cool. To, uh, I really enjoy when they can, when creators really implement their personal experiences into video games, and I think that speaks a lot for this game and its history. It's just, it's, it's rich with passion from that guy. Yeah, I uh, uh, the whole team, of course, that worked on Legend of Zelda are all like they've all done really great things. Uh, Takashi Tezuka uh, wrote the story and script of you know, of course, he's worked on a bunch of Mario games and Zelda games. Uh, but uh, there's one name in particular that I hadn't heard before, and I thought was this was pretty interesting. Uh, Keiji Teru, uh, Terui uh, was tasked with writing the backstory for the manual, which is interesting to me because a lot of the plot for future Zelda games kind of comes from the just the instruction manual because let's face it the story in the game there's not a lot it's just go save the princess mm-hmm. get a triforce but uh keiji terui uh was a screenwriter for two series in particular that i thought was kind of interesting dr slump and dragon ball 
Really? Yeah. Dr. Slump is the gag manga turned anime done by Akira Toriyama. It's real goofy and weird, and it's even goofier than Dragon Ball is, and that's way goofier than, like, Dragon Ball Z. But, yeah, uh, the guy who was the screenwriter for, uh, or one of the screenwriters for Dragon Ball huh. uh, did the, the backstory and instruction manual stuff for uh, uh, Legend of Zelda. That's a lot of fun. I also read that Miyamoto, The Lost Forest, too, like where you have to do the directions. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that he said about his childhood where he would get lost in the woods, in the neighborhood woods. And that was kind of the inspiration for that. Was it Northwest, Southwest, I think is the direction you got to go into. I think so. So uh, that was part of that, too. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that just so much of his like childhood got like sort of worked into The Legend of Zelda, which then became this hit franchise for Nintendo moving yeah. forward, you know? You think there's any enemies that like haunt his dreams? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, if it's anything like me, it's the Wallmasters. <laughs> uh, but what's strange is that, like, I'm sure that it would just. Well, actually, no. For Miyamoto, it's got to be way worse, right? Because like, yeah. if he got lost in his place with all those sliding doors, and they drop him at his doorstep, he's got to crawl his way back through his place back to his bedroom to go back to bed. Maybe he didn't like the manhandler enemy. The manhandler? Yeah, it's the four-headed like bitey thing that like chases oh, me around oh that thing's creepy yeah, too it's called manhandler I didn't re realize that until I was looking through the manual again <laughs> Man wait the what manhandler I don't know which one it is it's the uh, it almost looks like plant like it has like four snapping mouths oh show me this uh, it's horrifying is that the one that's like at the end of the dungeons yeah it's okay. uh, usually one of the bosses of a dungeon oh yeah the dragon yeah. Uh, no, that's Aquamentus. No, that's Aquamentus, yeah. Uh, the Because uh, there's more than the dragon boss. There's like a two-headed dragon. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the Aquamentus, the, the regular dragon. Uh, there's uh, the, uh, what is it, the big crab-like enemy with oh, the big man eye. Oh, Manhandler, okay. Oh, yeah, Manhandler. Manhandler. <laughs> uh, Goma? Oh, Goma, yeah, Goma. Goma. Dodongo. Dodongo. Dodongo dislikes smoke. Patra. Oh man, Moldorm! I hated Moldorm. I I will say the this instruction manual captivated me as a child. Oh yeah, I read through it so many times. My copy of that instruction manual was like ripped to shreds. Oh, mine too. Yeah. It's it's in such bad condition because I would just sit there and I would like look at them and read the descriptions and draw them out and like and I'm not very good at drawing, oh. but I'd certainly try. Yeah, we destroyed all of our manuals. This one I got a little bit later <laughs> in my life when I was a little bit more gentle with my stuff. I remember in the Super Mario 3 one, we had drawn all over every single page, and I remember it showed all the enemies, all the Koopa Links. Mm -hmm. And we had like drawn like what pattern you got to go to them first and stuff. <laughs> and then looking back, I kind of regret doing all that stuff because I, mean, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's always fun to look back at these instruction manuals and see you know, the history, and like you said, he, he was tasked to write just the manual in the background and everything like that. Yeah. I love the artwork in this, too, because, like, yeah. it's like the, the rendition of what they imagine these creatures to be, and then the, the sprite next to it would look nothing like them. <laughs> but, like, the pictures themselves are, are awfully frightening. Like, it's it's... Almost HP Lovecraftian the way some of the look. enemies, sure, absolutely. Uh, like the manhandler, that thing is horrifying. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and like the guinea, uh, the ghost mm -hmm. is like a drooling ghost sheet. When I was like, that's 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 upsetting. But then the Octorox, it's basically a squid on land with razor sharp teeth shooting balls of dirt at like people. Yep. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's so great. And like the little artwork in here of Link. 
of like this like deadpan face Link holding a Triforce. <laughs> Got it, guys. It's just so much fun. Found it. We did it. This is just a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoy it. So Zelda obviously became very popular. It became the fifth best-selling game on the NES with 6.5 million copies sold. Wow. Uh, it was the second most selling game that wasn't released with a console. So it was on its own. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to give a guess at what number one was? The number that one selling game that wasn't a- released with a console. Oh, I don't know. Which I thought this game was, but I guess it wasn't. So <laughs> did that help you? Super Mario Brothers 3? Uh, I mean, that would probably be my know. guess because I don't think Mario 3 came with the system. It did. Oh, no. there was a uh, version that came did. with the system? So it's a game that didn't come with. Uh, I don't even Is it a first party Nintendo game? It is. Uh, Kirby? Is it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't even know what to guess. Super Mario Brothers two. I w- that was going to be oh. my next. Oh. It was. It's a, that's one you would think. I mean, I guess I see how popular three was. So yeah, I kind of understand that it was with the console, but it's weird that two of them were and one of them wasn't. Yeah, it, Mario two never had a console nope. c- combo, huh? Well, that's it was strange. like it was a copy of a game, so maybe that's why. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. That's true. <laughs> All right, but so you also get like specific enemies have specific weaknesses in this game, like you said with the sound. But like Ganon, you can't beat Ganon, or it's really hard to try to beat Ganon without the silver arrows. Yeah, I don't think you can, right? I think you have to have the silver arrows. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. I could be wrong. Uh, Because you you hit Ganon, and uh, what is it? He. Uh, turns brown. Turns yeah, like turns brown or whatever, and then you hit him with your sword, and then he's it's only like that's what makes him vulnerable. I mm-hmm. uh, you know you have uh, that uh, like uh, certain enemies like the dark nuts. I usually try to use bombs on because yeah, it's just the sort best of, way to do you it. Just drop the bomb, and you're like, just please, please do the damage, <laughs> please do the damage. Uh, Dodongo has to you have to yep. uh, kill him with bombs because he dislikes smoke, and. Uh, Hi. Which gets obnoxious when you're running low on bombs and it turns at the last second. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man, you just miss it. Yep. Yes, that's so annoying. Oh god. <laughs> or and, and eventually by the uh, end of the game in the dungeons, you know, like Dodongos are like uh, like a, just a mid boss. Yeah. And then it's like you're like, oh, I hope I don't find an enemy that. And then you hear the noise, you go into the chamber, and it's like, ah, Dodongo. <laughs> oh yeah, that was always creepy to me when you'd hear the boss. Uh, Yelling like in roaring. the dungeon, yeah. you're like, "Oh God, I'm getting close to it. I have like six hearts left and <laughs> and two bombs. I don't know who it's going to be, but I hope I can beat them." Uh, kind of an interesting side note on the the sound the bosses make. I uh, I was doing a little bit of reading, and I haven't tested it uh, to to be sure, but uh, from what I was seeing, uh, it sounds like the Japanese version on the Famicom Disk System has slightly different sound effects, like for boss, like the boss roars and other things, uh, because the it used you know the Famicom Disk add-on, whereas in America it was just brought to a regular cartridge, and so they had to use a different sound channel for it. Uh, so certain sound effects I think are a little different in the Japanese version mm, okay i mean the, the princess zelda screams i think in the dungeon too and it's uh a boss monster's voice isn't it like when you're getting close to finding her uh, i mean to find her you got to find ganon so i think that might just be oh, ganon, is that it? Oh, okay sorry i was thinking it's zelda like a screams and she sounds, sounds like, like a horrible monster. monster and then you find this horrible monster <laughs> maybe ganon <laughs> turned her into Uh-oh. ganon body swap and then yeah that's it you actually save ganon in the end oh my god what a twist um, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed this game. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about on the? Well, gameplay? I know you guys want to delve into the speed running stuff, oh, so yes. uh, uh, yeah, lay, lay it, lay it on us. Let's I, hear some of the speed running stuff. So I'll start a little bit. So 
this game wasn't really ran much. I mean, it, probably in you know everyone's own personal times, but the first category that was brought up was through Twin Galaxies in 2003. <clears throat> they put out a $100 bounty for anyone that could beat the game in 36 minutes in less than 36. Okay. Uh, only one person was able to do that, and that was Tom Vadova. He did it with a time of 34.05, okay. and that record held for over nine years. Wow. Oh, man. It wasn't until April of 2012 that a Japanese runner named Hal uh, Yatsuba got a time of 33.14. Um, after that, uh, what they were doing, and I, I know Chops wants to talk a little bit about this, but uh, they were using a down-up, or an uh, up-a, 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 thank you. Uh, and the second controller, uh, when the game's paused, and the second controller, you can hit up-a, and it'll kill you, and you can return to the beginning of the dungeon. Um, if you're in one, and it's sometimes quicker to run around in a dungeon based on where you're at. Oh. Uh, it wasn't until in June of 2012 that Darkwing Duck, who became a really popular speedrunner. I'm sorry, who? Darkwing Duck. The terror that flaps in the night? Uh-huh. Yes. That's the one. <laughs> All right. Uh, he started not using the up A, and that's the most popular category. Uh, he ended up getting a time of 32.52, and then brought it down to 31.07 by the time of 2014, mm-hmm. uh, and he figured out how to do the forced item drops and stuff like that. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, July of 2014, Lack Attack 24 ended up beating his time with a 31.04, and they went back and forth, which is kind of considered one of the greatest like rivalries in speedrunning mm-hmm. at this cool. time because they were just like one would up, one up the other. And then you know he's got a 30.51 and blah, 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 and they'd go back and forth. In March of 2015 was when it finally took hold where Lack Attack got a 29.56. It was the first time anyone ever got a 30, a sub 30. And then wow. um, to December 2015, he got a sub 29. He got a 28.50, which is considered one of the best playthroughs of Zelda, period, because of just how much he did in that short period of time. Took a full minute off based on just improving and in in. in making it spotless. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I could not imagine beating this game in 28 minutes. Well, the current world record in the any percent no up A is 27 minutes and 57 seconds by lack attack. And he's he's kind of been uh, exchanging that the, with... Uh, so the no up A is 28... Oh, did I have that 26, wrong? The, sorry, sorry. The regular any percent is uh, 2757. That's using the up A. That's using up A. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a little bit faster. But, but uh, he's exchanging it with Yunos. Is, it a, is that how you say it? Yeah, he's the other person that's got a lot of the records. Yeah, so between the two of them, there's like a ton of different categories. There's like any percent, 100%, any percent no up A, 100% no up A, like second quest, uh, swordless. The, there's all these weird different categories. And most actually, of them are, are handled between just those two players. There's actually a fan-made category, too. Yeah. Like, there's a whole section on speedruns.com. So you can look up Legend of Zelda, and it'll show the main 13 categories. Then there's, like, mm-hmm. another set, uh, another page you have to go to that's all, like, fan-made ones, like beating the game in five hearts and things like that that people have just made oh. up. Yeah. So that's the thing. Lack Attack has nine of the 13 <laughs> Wow. Records. He's amazing at and this. Game. I kind of want to make my own category <laughs> and then beat the game and just make it so outlandish like, nobody will do it. The 40 death run where you just die 40 times. <laughs> you got to die 40 times. You have to eat a ham sandwich and something else that Ooh. nobody but Craig can do. I'm totally into that one right now. Let's <laughs> no, do it. Oh no, I have competition. <laughs> 
Um, gonna eat two ham sandwiches and oh. give Craig ten dollars. Well, you gotta <laughs> You're gonna give, make money off of this. You gotta give Craig ten dollars to win this competition. And Craig keeps the ten dollars regardless of whether or not you finish the game. <laughs> yeah, because right. it's all part of, yeah. of trying the category. That's right. So they they implement a lot of unique strategies in the speed running where there's a lot of clipping that they do and screen wrapping is a huge piece of this, but also the ability to manipulate what enemies drop. So how do you do that? There's a spreadsheet, and and Lack Attack, Lack Attack found this out. There's a value associated with an enemy, and an item, and depending on how what number of enemies you've killed, what what number that enemy is, the they correspond with an item in that value sheet, and it could be a, li- a couple, like three or four different ones, I think. There's a percentage marker uh, on which one it can drop, right? So there's there's like a, it's between 10, every time you hit, kill 10 enemies, it recycles. Yep. And there's an A category, a B category, a C, and an, uh, a D category. And basically, if you need a bomb or you need a heart, you just have to look at wh- what placement you are on the chart. And then what enemy would give you that item? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So if you needed a heart and you know you're on the sixth enemy you've just killed, you go for a rope who has who will drop a heart. So you know exactly what item will drop depending on where you are. So they're able to get like bombs when they need to, get hearts when they need to, fairies when they need to, time stops, all sorts of stuff. And also like they can strategically run out of bombs so that it picks up the next item in their item slot so they don't have to go to the pause screen to switch items. And then know that the next enemy that they kill is going to give them bombs so that they can switch to that later if they need to. Like it's a really cool strategy of item management, item manipulation, and then timing on when you're, you're... coordinating all these things together that is ridiculous yeah i i can't imagine being able to take that kind of like anything it's science to it basically they're breaking down the game and understanding it and they're also doing this cool thing called screen wrapping where you're as link you're able to move an attack on the right side and when you move back it swaps you to the left side of the screen and it'll scroll it over so, like, you know, in the beginning of the game, when you move all the way to the left, there's that river that blocks you from getting to that cave on the other side. Yeah. You can screen wrap to where you go and you transition to that other side and can go into uh, that next area. So oh. kind of the same way as, like, uh, going to the map in Link's Awakening when you go to the edge of a screen and then you wrap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. I, for- I almost forgot about that. Um. That one's really cool. It's uh, it's all based on the pixel placement, though. So yeah. you have to be on the fix, fifth pixel away from the edge. And then when you press up, Link will do like a 180, or depending on where you are on the screen. And mm-hmm. then and then it's almost like he's out of bounds. Like the screen just won't move, and he can just mm-hmm. wrap around to the other side. Yeah. It's really neat. And there's the same kind of thing with moving through blocks. So you know like the diamond-shaped blocks in some of the dungeons where you have to push one and you ha- and it moves and you can get into like you the You got to kill all the enemies there. first before you can move the block. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you can do the same thing with that where it'll let you through the block. And you won't have to kill the enemies, you can get to staircases. Oh, okay. And and like they they're literally taking the science of the game Mm-hmm. And just breaking it down, they know exactly the radius at which you can place a bomb at a bl- breakable wall, to where you don't even have to put it right at the wall. You could put it like 
five pixels away in any half circle radius around it. It's really interesting how they've they've really just torn apart the game and optimized it to a point where they can they'll reset a bunch in the beginning, but it, it's a real execution heavy game, and and then the luck factor is kind of out of it now that they know how to manipulate items. So it's it's an amazing amazing speed run. Yeah. Hearing about all this makes me so mad that I'm not that good at anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like it these nuts? guys play Zelda better than I breathe. Yeah, they do. It's That's dumb and I'm so mad. <laughs> I wish I was better at breathing. What's right? Fu- what's funny is and I I made up I brought this stat up. So 36 was the initial Twin Galaxy $100 bounty that they put out. 36 minutes. Currently there are 85 people with records that are less than 36 minutes. And also, Lack Attack can beat the game in less than 36 minutes doing it swordless. Yes. So he can beat the game without... Well, it's not technically beating the game because you have to defeat Ganon with the sword. So it's getting to Ganon swordless. He can do it in less than 36 minutes. That is, that is insane. I, I've heard of people that go through the game as a challenge swordless. It blows my mind that they not only go through the game swordless, but they also can beat it quickly, much faster than I could ever beat the game. Oh, yeah. I could not beat this game in 36 minutes. I don't know. And honestly, and, and that's sort of like kind of one of my, the not a gripe per se, but like one of the things that confuses me about speedrunning. And I get that that's, you know, sort of its own thing. But like, I can't imagine wanting to just fly through this game. I have so much fun going through it hunting down rupees and potions and all the items in the game you know like one of my favorite things to do is to never step foot in the first dungeon until I have everything on the world map you can get oh and it's, really yeah okay. I really like doing it that way because like you go into that first dungeon and you've got the arm the first armor the first magic ring or whatever you've got like you know a ton of different items and it's it's a lot of fun doing it that way you know and and it, but it's it's very slow you right. know uh, it's a lot of grinding out rupees and then going to the gambling shop to gamble those rupees, losing those rupees and getting mad and turning the game off and then coming back to play it a few days later. <laughs> it's a lot of what the game is. Love-hate relationship. I, I did have a few yeah. of the, the fan-made categories, which I thought were kind of funny and mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I don't have the times for these, but uh, there's the two-player, one controller. There's one-handed. There's a five-heart minimum, which I had explained, because there are two of the dungeons. When you beat the enemy, you have to walk past the heart. Oh. But other ones, you know, they don't get in the way. Yeah. And the best one, which I thought was hilarious, the minimum B usage. So it's possible to beat the game with only pressing the B button 22 times. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Who finds this out? A bunch of nerds <laughs> making mad. Seriously. This, yeah, is, so this is why people become bullies. <laughs> oh, to that, make fun of these people? You're jerks. <laughs> no, not make, I just want to beat them up because I'm so mad that they're better. Yeah, than you're me. jerks. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, does that make him a jerk? Yeah, does he it wants really? To beat up somebody? It's their yes. fault, Chops. That they're if they weren't than you? so yes. good, <laughs> if they weren't so good, Xander wouldn't want to beat them up. Oh, right? You guys are awful. I did have a few glitches I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, I'm sure one that everybody remembers, it's the level one, the door. Mm-hmm. When you enter level one and the door is locked in front of you, you walk back out and you walk back in, the door is unlocked. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that that's one. That's one of the more popular ones. Uh, in level seven, there's the red Goria, the guy who goes to grumble, grumble, and oh, you give yeah. him the food, uh-huh. and then he goes away. If you pause the menu when you give him the food and do the up A and go back to the beginning of the the, the dungeon. Uh-huh. You keep your food and he's gone. Mm. Uh, in the fairy fountain, if you 
when you go up to her with low health and you press, you go to the pause, press up A and restart the game, your health will keep filling up even as you're taking damage in your new game. Will it oh, be associated wow. with that sound effect? Yep, the whole the, whole, the oh. eh, noise is still <laughs> going on. Yep. So you can go up to enemies and you can take damage and your health will still keep going until it gets completely full. Uh, there's early white sword, which I'm surprised you didn't get because you said you like to go and explore the whole overworld before you enter the first dungeon. It's possible to get five hearts before you enter the first dungeon. So technically you can get the white the white sword. Before you can even oh. without without even touching the the wooden sword, I I've never I've never tried to do it without the wooden sword, but I have gotten the white sword before going into the first dungeon. Before I have done that, and then this one was discovered in 2016, apparently on the the original Japanese 1.1 version, a data miner named stupid name, but uh, Magic Scrumpy. <laughs> it's a great name, Magic Scrumpy. Yeah, he figured okay. out that uh, in the second quest, mm-hmm. there's the possibility to screw with the game, so he. Uh, figured out a way to manipulate the game with the save files. So he he would list the, the three save files a certain way. Um, one of them being has Zelda in the name because this can only be done in the second quest. Mm-hmm. You go to the graveyard and you populate the the 11 ghosts that you can, the maximum amount. Uh-huh. Then you use the whistle, which changes one of the gravestones to a staircase. Well, I guess there's only allowed 11 slots because that's how many enemies you can have in the game. Well, once you change the staircase that creates a 12th like sprite mm-hmm. and the game doesn't know where to put it and it <laughs> it screws with it and based on what he put in the save files it sends him right to, to Zelda at the end of the game hmm. that's oh, that's funny. so cool. it's technically possible to beat the game in three minutes but you have to do on that specific version of the game that's weird, weird. Huh. speaking speaking of kind of some of that stuff I guess my research did you know that you can manipulate where the recorder takes you Oh, the the song that uh, uh, is played in uh, Legend of Zelda eventually. Well, the do or I'm not sorry, uh, Super Mario Three. That if you play the the recorder, it, it's it goes through based off of the the dungeons you beat. So it's as a val- think of it as when you before you play the recorder, you have a value of zero for the recorder. Uh-huh. If you've beaten the first dungeon, then and you play it once. It'll take you to the first dungeon. But it's possible to manipulate it so that depending on the direction you face, if you face to the right, it progresses to one. If you face to the left, it, it decreases by one. And you can like warp to the fifth dungeon first instead of the first dungeon. And it's all the amount of times you press it and which direction Link is facing Weird. and based on which ones you've beaten. So it's uh, really unique. I didn't know that the recorder was that in depth. Well, but it's like Super a, Mario 3 kind of has the same thing, right? Because based on when you use it, because you can go to the World 9. If you blow the whistle twice, the first time you've used two whistles, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, uh, there. There's like if you've beaten, if you've not beaten level one, uh, then you get like the first line because it it's, depends on when you like use it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, it's like what worlds one, two, three, four, five, six, and then seven. I think sounds right. Seven, eight, something like that. I don't remember. I think seven, eight, nine. In Mario 3? Mario 3. 10, 11, 12? It's 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Oh, that's right. Because there's no reason to give you a whistle to Yeah, that makes... You're right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I didn't realize the recorder had that much to it, though. Yeah, I I was like, Hmm. I would never have used it that way. (laughs) We'll just go run around until I find the places I need to go back to. Uh, But yeah, there's a lot to this game. It's a... I don't think we can do it justice in one episode, you know... Second it's, quest coming soon. Second quest coming soon. Yeah, right. But the the music is something that we haven't been talking about. 
Yeah, so the, there's a ton that goes into the music, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and uh, hear a word from uh, one of our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom So... The music for Legend of Zelda. Maybe is, you've heard it. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> possibly it's of somebody that you may know of. Uh, it, it's Koji Kondo. He, <laughs> he, I, I don't even think I have to say anything. Koji Kondo is the guy who did the music for Legend of Zelda. He did the music for the Mario series. He uh, worked on the Star Fox series. Uh, he, it's insane. Uh, what he's done and how well-known he is. And there's really not a lot to say, but uh, I did find out kind of an interesting fact here. Uh, so originally the title music, the like the intro, was not going to be what we have. Uh, originally he was going to use Maurice Ravel's Bolero. And oh. yeah, so he was going to use that, but I guess the copyright for it like hadn't expired. It hadn't gone into like public domain or whatever. So he scrambled and in the span of a day cobbled this together and it became one of the most well-known pieces of video game music ever. Wow. This makes me so mad. <laughs> yeah, Sander, I just want to beat up Koji Kondo. He does in one day what I'll never do in my entire life. And you're yeah, a sound engineer. Because they were, yeah, they were getting ready to put the game out. Like, they were basically waiting for this to get done. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, one day. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead. You know, uh, we have our opening music brackets going, but let's let's go ahead and uh, take a real quick listen to the intro music for The Legend of Zelda. How how great that is, right? Yeah, it's nuts. One day, it's one what what's it? One day, it's ridiculous. Just in one day, that was created. Yeah, I uh, so there's uh, uh of course some more music that we have to listen to, mm-hmm. and the the next big one is the overworld theme, which 
has also been featured in our <laughs> our bracket, if oh, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the last oh, yeah, season's bracket. Uh, let's just go ahead and give this a listen. I don't even feel like we really have to talk about it that much. It is the overworld music. <laughs> Legendary. No pun intended. Oh, God. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better word. It's epic? There you go. There you go. I just like that they use the song. All, both of these songs throughout the entire series. I mean, oh, I know, yeah. I know mm-hmm. sometimes they're, they're not included, but it's just the staple of the series with this music. Well, heck, even uh, Skyward Sword, which had a, uh, a, a new theme to it, was just the Legend of Zelda theme song in reverse. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, if you play that. the, I think it's Skyward Sword's theme. If you play it in reverse, you'll hear the, I think it's the Legend of Zelda theme in uh, uh, the way it like normally is, if no, I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, me it, Skyward Sword is one of the few that I've never, or I mean, I played a little bit of, but it didn't grab me. It, the, the motion controls are a little eh, but I, I, but the, the game itself, the, the story and everything is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, the music, even the main theme, which is not. The Zelda theme is still the Zelda theme in some capacity. Uh, but I, uh, when you finally beat the original Legend of Zelda, though, uh, you do get some, uh, uh, the you know, the ending theme. Because the, uh, this is also the uh, credit music, right? Yeah, the credit theme, it's also uh, confusing because it's the game over screen. <laughs> it starts out the same. Yeah, it does. It starts off with the game over music, and then it kind of transitions. I mean, it's not wrong. It is the game is over, but... Oh, yeah, good point. Never really thought of it that way. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, give this a listen. Thank you. 
so oddly out of place compared to everything else in the game. It though. does. You know what? It I was rem- just gonna say that. It, you know what it reminds me of the it, credits to Super Mario Brothers Two. It does, and it was yeah. composed by the same dude. Hmm. <laughs> Go figure. Nice. No collusion. Hmm. But that death song, I don't know. I really enjoy. <laughs> I mean, that's how this one started. Yeah. I. I did you do you like it so much because you heard it so much. Hey, hey now. <laughs> That's not fair. That's but not is it cool. accurate? And no, I'm not saying that no. I was any different when I was younger, because this game did kick my butt when I was a kid. I don't know if I beat it as a kid. I don't think I beat it when I was younger. Like, I think I was in, like, middle school when yeah, I beat it. Yeah, it took me to be older to beat it. I did a no death run of this a year ago. Holy I was very happy about that. Cow. Nice. Nice. That's imp- Are you going to beat him up, Xander? No, I was just going to say, I, I remember... Uh, buying the game uh-huh. on NES. I didn't own it for the longest time, and I think when I was like 10 or 11, when I was still in elementary school, uh, when Toys R Us was still selling new NES games, I uh-huh. got a copy of it, and I beat it. Nice. So I think the the first experience I had with this game was uh, uh, down in uh, Kentucky. Uh, my aunt lives, and uh, we would go visit my aunt and other family and like my cousins and stuff, and my aunt had a copy of this game, and I was blown away as a kid, because it would have, it probably would have been right around the time it released, and uh, and I ended up having to have it. Like, I had to have it. Like, this game was just, like, phenomenal, you know? It blew, blew away my imagination, and I'm so glad I got it. Which uh, cartridge did you guys have? Gold. I had uh, regular gray, but then eventually got a gold. Yeah, the gold. And isn't the regular gray more rare than the gold? It is. It's more rare. Yep, I mean, yes. I, I guess. I mean, I guess there were so many copies of the gold one made. Well, now I feel like a dummy for getting rid of my gray one. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't because I bought it like way, way late. So mine was definitely gray. I remember Interesting. my my older brother Tom had uh, ripped off all the labels off of our oh NES games God. when he was three years old. <sighs> So, for the most part, I didn't know. That makes me so mad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. I just want to beat him up. There's a lot of things to get mad about today, Xander. Jeez. so I never even knew what the cover of the cartridge looked like <laughs> until years later. Oh, wow. I never even saw that emblem before. Oh, wow. That emblem looks really cool. Yeah. What yeah. is this game? Zelda? Oh. That's what it is? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, because all my games just have, like, my mom's handwriting. <laughs> Zelda. Squoon. Squoon? Squoon. Squoon. It's like a deep sea diving uh, submarine game. I, I was hoping that. that she just, like, misspelled a game yeah. horribly. I didn't realize it was actually a game. Does Squoon have two <laughs> keys or one? one is called. I'm just going to say Squoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the kid's two favorite use. game. Squoon. I'm, like, playing a game at some friend's house. What is this? Diving... Why is it called diving? This looks a lot like Squoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's the Super Marty Brothers. <laughs> uh, so, Punch so, out. No, no. Conversation. <laughs> talk this. I don't want said the, talk this I don't, out. Yeah, I don't, I don't want my boys fighting. Conversate. Uh, Contra's a style of dance. This is okay. We'll write Contra. <laughs> so... That's The Legend of Zelda, one of the most epic, incredibly important video games of all time. Uh, We've talked about it a whole heck of a lot. Let's go ahead and jump right into our Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on The Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Do we have to? To go along with the theme of Xander being mad... Uh, it was garbage. 
All our anger is pointed towards the yes. glitch. Yes, it was yes, garbage yes, yes. glitch. Uh, maybe some of you have heard of the CDI, the Philips CDI. <sighs> and if you I wish I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> Nintendo robbed this about themselves when they signed that crooked deal with them. There were three games released on the CDI that uh, were with the Zelda series. And I had these guys come over and play one of them. Ugh, play is a hard <sighs> word for that. And uh, it's called uh, Zelda The Wand of Gamelon. Now, that's a cool name. I think it's a great title of a game. Very misleading, because it does. It makes misleading. you think, like, oh, this could be decent, and it's not. It's what a, is a... It's a side-scrolling Legend of Zelda game like like uh, Link's Adventure. Yeah, yeah, but what else does it have? Well, Xander, you look so it's sad right full now. full animation. Yeah, full cartoons. animation, cartoon animation, fully voiced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you play with a TV remote. I'm so hungry, I could eat an Actorak. <laughs> And you play as Zelda. Now, I appreciate the fact that it's Zelda going on a, an adventure to save Link. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I would not mind that in, in a, a newer Legend of Zelda game. They even thought in Breath of the Wild that it might have been uh, a female protagonist. And a lot of people were like kind of excited. And oh, yeah, Linkle. Linkle, you know, they even had turned, uh, uh, they even made that into a character and put in. I, I think that there's a lot of potential for the fact, you know, I mean, all the, throughout the, the rest of the Zelda series, uh, save for some games where it's like the same characters over and over again, uh, they, it's a series where like Link and Zelda are reincarnated. You know, Ganon's always the same. He's always the same jerk. But I, uh, I, uh, but Link and Zelda are always reincarnated. Why can't the hero be a female and instead of a princess, it's a prince? Like that's easy to do. That would be great. But we got instead the wand of Camelon that Glitch chose for us. You guys enjoy. I think you guys enjoyed this. We enjoyed. Um when we took the disc out of the system and played something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that, great. That was, was turned off. That was that was the best part. The, you were very excited to turn the, that power button off, weren't you? I was. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'll say I was excited to experience it. Like, before having a chance to play, I was like, yeah, yeah I can't be as bad as everybody's always making it out to be. Can't be as bad as Hotel Mario. Right? It's... Because Hotel Mario, I, Hotel Mario, I enjoyed Hotel Mario. It's You're wrong. Worse. I'm sure I am, but oh, God. I'm not saying it's a good Mario. I just, I like, I could get behind the controls. I understood what was happening. It didn't. I mean, it was rough, but it was like playable. This is not playable. The controls are so bad. Now, maybe if we had like the actual like game controller for the CDI, would have made a difference instead of the like TV remote that thing. That could be. That could be. But like, but I, I don't know. know if that's. Accurate. <laughs> it's just like how much would have it had helped? I mean, really, is the question. Not enough. A little bit more intuitive than like it's still the same. Trying game. to play with a single Wiimote. <laughs> yeah. It, it, what killed me is the 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 fact that it's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go into this like house, and it's pitch black. You can't see anything but the enemies, and then you can't get out. Like, there's a candle item, I'm sure, that lights up rooms, but like. We didn't have it, so I died immediately. And you can only pick up items by attacking them. So you, uh-huh. when you run over rupees and you don't go and attack them, you pretty much have three seconds before they disappear. And there was that one level that we went to where there were like enemies in the air as yeah. well. And like you had to duck walk. Yeah. Otherwise, like, they would hit you. Yeah. Like there were just so many <sighs> enemies the, on the screen that you couldn't do it. And they would just constantly respawn when you killed one. The animation screen. 
like the cartoon animations were so trippy because they kept zooming in and out of like the characters also in the weirdest moments and they're all like twisting and turning and 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 they all sound so weird link sounded like such a jerk and a whiner like (laughs) and his hair was flopping all over it was oh excuse me chops (laughs) so weird I what killed me is that you go and you talk to a shopkeeper, yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's gonna be helpful. He's gonna help me out. And the cartoon cutscene starts. And he's like, well, if you have rubies, they don't say rupees, they say rubies. They, if you have rubies, I can help you. But if not, then you'll have to die. And it's like, <laughs> why is this guy so evil? Like, what is going on? He's a shopkeeper. Don't you want my business? It was weird. And it's funny because he's a shopkeeper in this town that's being invaded by tons of enemies and monsters. If anything, Zelda should just be like, I'm the princess. I'm taking these bombs. <laughs> uh, listen, we'll we'll send you money later, but right now I need to save your people. Yes. But no, you gotta you gotta go out there, kill monsters, come back, and it's 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 terrible. I you- hate it. It's garbage. I it, on the eight bit scale, I'm giving it a one out of eight. The animation cutscenes were created by a team of four animators from Russia, led by Igor Razbov, <laughs> who were flown to the United States for the project. These games marked the first time that Russian outsourcing had been utilized by an American company. And the last. <laughs> a move that was only possible due to somewhat thawed political climate after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Oh, that is much more interesting than the game itself. Yes. yes. That yes, is it infinitely is. more interesting. I'm sure interesting. the history of how this game got made is far superior than the gameplay. One out of eight. <laughs> what are you guys giving it? One. That's, I'm giving it a one. It's awful. Glitch? Do we, do we have lower than a one? Uh, we don't. Oh, it's we a one do out of zero eight. zero out of eight. Well, we do, it's supposed to be one out of eight, but I think we can give that, this an honorary well, zero well, we out of eight. eight on the eight-bit <laughs> scale. You know, really, at eight bits, it should be from zero to seven if we're going to go... <laughs> You know, like an actual. Com- I'm mad. At, I hate you now. <laughs> so then we can give stuff a zero. Is what I'm saying. All right, I give it a point five out of eight. Oh, half a oh half a eight bit. Eight, uh, eighth of a bit. And what? Half of an eighth of a bit. <laughs> On the eighth bit say scale. Uh, I do know that a lot of the issues with the games because they're Hotel Mario. I had these guys play that. You can check that out. Retro relapse at YouTube. Our YouTube page. Um, that game is probably the best game on the CDI, and that says a lot because it's not very it's good. It's not very good. Uh, it's just not as bad as just, the others. We just need to invest in the actual controller and see if that makes a difference. Because it was the hardest part oh, was I ain't having, money on having that to aim the sensor at the CDI to make sure that it picks up the button inputs. How Craig, much was that controller? Craig, you better believe this isn't the last time you guys are going to be playing the CDI. Uh, <laughs> we've played it, what, four times now? This is the third. This is the third. Uh, but the third time was definitely. Not the but from all accounts, no. Didn't we play Mario is Missing? That was Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Oh, oh. And it's better than Hotel Sorry. Mario. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking uh, about terrible uh, games. Uh, but yeah, from maybe. all accounts, from people that developed games on the CDI, they said it was the limitation of the Philips CDI. Yeah, because it, it should not have been marketed as a video game. Exactly, system. it was originally intended as like a as a CD player. Yeah. So it was th- it was just kind of like pushed aside so, any kind of so hardware. Tell me, you need to tell me that Philips tricked a CD player yep. into playing video games. Yep. Exactly. And then somehow Nintendo was stupid enough to sign on the dotted line and gave him Mario and Legend of Zelda for a few games. Lots of, lots of drugs involved. That's why, that's why we'll never see main title uh, Nintendo games on any other system. They they burn that bridge. I, I will give Phillips credit because they were able to fool a CD player into playing video games. I don't know how they hoodwinked the thing into doing it, but kudos to them for that. 
one last thing before we move into our uh, music bracket. This game was released on October 10th, 1993 in America. In uh, Europe, it was released the same year, 1993, December 25th. Merry Christmas. Merry Could Christmas, you imagine? Europe. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'm finally getting a CDI. I play this new, brand new video game system that's definitely not a CD player. <laughs> and I got this brand new Zelda game. I mean, that's the worst Christmas ever, right? It, it is absolutely the worst Christmas present ever. Uh, Phillips has done a horrible thing to Europe. Honestly, yeah. I'm thinking back, like, what if I had, like, your Switches, okay? you Everybody owns a Switch. What if you had bought a Switch? And then you play a game, and you realize that you made a horrible decision. Well, you can't take that back, really. It's like $500 out of your pocket that you just wasted on a, on a box that's just going to sit there. Like, if I was a kid that got a CDI, and I am so excited to play a Zelda game, and I go and play it, and it's unplayable, I honestly would probably stop playing video games <laughs> at that point. <laughs> It would have ruined everything for me. Yeah. And on Christmas. On Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like whether you celebrate or celebrate it or not, like the, the fact that it's 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 like the, the traditional cliche holiday of gift giving, and that's the gift you get. Yeah. yeah. Man. Oh. If this had been on Jesus' actual birthday, we'd all be screwed. <laughs> like he'd have been like, no, never mind. What you got me this? <laughs> Existence this of man? A, Gone. This, yeah. This is just a CD player you guys tricked into playing video games. <laughs> Gold, frankincense, and CDI. <laughs> just, oh, no. <laughs> I, think we need to... I think it's more yeah. frankincense, myrrh, and CDI. Uh, oh. oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I apologize to Europe for having to go through that. That is the worst Christmas ever. Let's, let's chat about our opening music brackets. So we are in round two. Yeah, round two. Uh, so uh, our first uh, game to uh, go ahead and uh, highlight is, you know, of course, one of the winners of round one. It is The Secret of Monkey Island, uh, the opening to that game, which was com- uh, composed by Michael Land and Patrick Mundy. Uh, it is real, real, real piratey. Caribbean. Very Caribbean. Very Calypso. I just want to... Steal your guys' booty as I listen to this song. That's weird. Hmm. Not in the least. Let's listen.
guys, I know that uh, uh, we had just talked about like how we, you know, we've got our our switches and stuff and you know everything. Uh, have you ever thought that maybe we just want to like Sail go and bury seas? them? <laughs> what? Go and like treasures. Bury them. No, I, I kind of want to go sail the seas and uh, become pirates and find buried treasure. And play your Switch while you do it. Yes. So give me yes. your Switch. I'm going to go bury no, it. No, no, don't go bury my Switch. It's cold out. <laughs> It'll just take me longer to dig. No. I uh, So uh, uh, Secret of Monkey Island is going against Streets of Rage 2's opening, which was composed by Yuzo Koshiro and uh, Motohiro Kawa- uh, Kawashima. I... Uh, which is uh, one of the best soundtracks of the Sega Genesis. Uh, Let's uh, go ahead and uh, give this guy a listen. to get going uh but it is an awesome song this is uh, a funky um, beat this is a, a matchup of uh very laid back tunes yeah it is mm-hmm. i kind of like that because a lot of the times we choose ones that are more upbeat or terrible adventure <laughs> or ones that are snake eater that didn't get into the second round because or red, dumb. red alert 2 that got into the second round i don't know how that happened <sighs> earthbound <laughs> may it rest in pieces so depressing it really is. I uh, first off, chop. Shut up. <laughs> Second off, I don't know how it happened, but I did make my wife go on and vote. <laughs> my fiance, sorry. Yeah, she's not my wife. Yeah, you watch your mouth. <laughs> if you keep abusing her like that, I doubt she will become your wife. <sighs> 
Uh, so, uh, the retro relapse for this episode, Glitch mentioned, you can find it on YouTube. If you want to get a hold of our retro relapse videos early, make sure to join us on patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you're going to be able to not only get early access to our Patreon videos, you're also going to be able to vote on the uh, music uh, bracket. Music bracket. Uh, you know, and that's all just for $1 a month. But, of course, you also have other places to vote. You have Facebook, you have Twitter, and you also have our Discord page as well. So make sure to uh, hunt that down. You can get information on joining our Discord at uh, gamesillamedia.com. Uh, but aside from that, uh, there's also on uh, Patreon our uh for five dollars a month, we have our Game Shark special, where once a month we give you a bonus episode, uh, and there's a whole bunch of other uh, shows on the uh, uh, Game Cell Media Network. So make sure to check them all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got, can, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say we got a show every day of the week except for Saturday right now. So yeah, if you're just looking for something every day of the week, we got something for it's you. True. GameZillaMedia.com, but you can also vote at Facebook, Twitter, and uh, in our Discord, Discord on, yep. the, uh, on yep. the like you said, just like I said, just like I said, I pulled a Xander. You sure? No, did. you pulled a remember? you. You don't remember? No, but remember what time when Xander? How do you remember anything? Look, to be fair, that to be was fair. to be fair <laughs> <laughs> uh, was the. Uh, now I've already forgotten. <laughs> The episode, uh, the Ogre Battle 64. Oh, where I just fell asleep. So it's it's hard to remember what happens while I'm while I'm sleeping. Uh Yeah, yeah. I'm sure glad that half of the crew has lost their memories. That's great. Wait, who lost their memories? Uh, never mind. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for tuning into this week's episode (laughs) of the Legend of Retro podcast, where we talked about the Legend of Zelda, and no one messed up and said the Legend of Zelda Legend of Retro game. What? Could have been could have been a thing. <laughs> no. I could have said, "Welcome to this week's episode the of the Legend, Legend of Zelda," and just pooped and the bed. Co- we're covering the Legend of Retro. Yep, yep, the Legend so, of Retro. We made it through without making any mistakes. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all <laughs> next time when, when the legend, legend continues. continues.